Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. It's time to get outside. This is KSL Outdoors. Brought to you by Trax Power Sports Rentals. Two hours of stories and information on hunting, fishing, and high adventure. KSL Outdoors with Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back. Nice to have you here for a Saturday. Navadomskis will help us out with some fish bites. Hi. You know, I get caught up with so many other things during the week that I forgot we uh, are anticipating a uh, report from the last day of a a class, or maybe it was just a group of uh, float tubers that he was taking down south to do fishing last weekend. I'm anxious to find out how they did. So we'll have fish bites for you coming up, and then after the top of the hour, Faith Jolly will join us. We wanted to talk today about uh, when you should worry and when you should not worry about uh, reporting encounters or any kind of an incident with uh, a wildlife in your area. And she was telling me off the air, the funny thing is she gets a ton of calls from people that are freaked out because there is a chipmunk in a tree in the front yard. And that's sort of the equivalent of calling 911 and telling them telling them that your child has stubbed their toe. Uh, so anyway, we'll uh, sort all of that out. Look forward, as we always do, to having Faith Jolly on the show with us. Right now, though, a great friend of mine, of course, and sponsor of this program, Roger Eggett from uh, Bear River Lodge and Tracks Power Sports Rentals. Good morning. Good morning. And I cannot let this go without talking about a chipmunk since you just brought that up. All right. Do you remember seeing my post about a week or 10 days ago? We had an owl swoop down right in front of the store, grab a chipmunk, and then sit on the gazebo and eat that chipmunk. What? (laughs) Our staff were videoing it and photography. I mean, it was you know, the owl's an amazing animal and absolutely beautiful, but it sat and devoured that chipmunk right in front of everyone, right at the, right in front of the restaurant. You know, now, now that you mentioned it, I remember the picture of the owl, and uh, I was surprised, quite frankly, and impressed that the specific kind of owl was also, uh, also spelled out on your social media. But I don't remember the story of eating a squirrel. No, not a squirrel, a chipmunk. A chipmunk, was, sorry. Yeah, little chipmunk, and it ate it right in front of everyone and devoured it, and <laughs> did its thing, and it, it was not intimidated by anybody. Yeah. But the owl was so beautiful; it's just beautiful animal. People may be grossed out by that story, but that is uh, that that's nature, right? And one of the opportunities you get when you're up at the cabins at Bear River Lodge is to take in nature, no doubt about it. Yeah, and yesterday we saw a herd of elk come through, about 30 elk. So yesterday was a fun day for me because I love to see elk, and uh, elk are moving around. We wanted to talk snowmobiles here, and it's right on the heels of another uh, storm that passed through here on Friday. 
We're recording this uh, segment, by the way, on Friday with Roger. Uh, but we've got more coming on Sunday. Are you uh, gearing up for the season here? We are ready. You know, it, we've been every year. It's kind of anxious to find out. Okay, when can we start snowmobiling? When can we have enough snow? We have enough snow. We are definitely snowmobiling, and Skidoo has come through with for us. They have delivered all fifty-six of our snowmobiles. So we have. It's crazyville putting machines together right now. Fifty-six. Um, that behind the scenes must look a lot like Santa Claus at workshop right now with a, it, hopefully a lot of helping hands. It's crazy. You know, I posted and last week we talked about it on the show and I've had people call me, but we have about six guys show up every day to help put snowmobiles together. And it is Santa's workshop where we can put maybe a half a dozen together each day. So, you know, it's a process and we get interrupted with other things, but we also have to build eight snow bikes. And we ordered 20 of the Defender enclosed side-by-sides that we have to take the wheels off and we put on the snow tracks. And those are awesome. Those have been going out like crazy. Families have taken them out to get Christmas trees. They're heated. They're so comfortable and so nice. And we run them at both our Bountiful Shop and the Bear River Lodge. So that's a great way to get out and explore winter. Well, and I'll just get a plug in here uh, that there's really no reason for you to go out and buy your own machine and have to worry about repairs and have to worry about insurance and have to worry about storage and all the other things that go along with it. That's what Trax Power Sports Rentals is all about, and it saves you all of that money. And then you can also go rent ATVs in the summertime. I think the truth is for you, and I don't know that I've ever asked you this question directly, the truth is for you – you would love snowmobiling in the depth cold of winter almost as much or more than you would on an ATV out in the middle of the summer, wouldn't you? Yeah, snowmobiling is my favorite activity. It, I mean, it is fun. They're they're all fun, but snowmobiling, to get out, you can go places on a snowmobile that you just can't go on a wheeled vehicle. You can, we can go to mountaintops, and the, the views are incredible, and the scenery is incredible, and the freedom to get out there on a snowmobile and just ride above the snow and above, you know, the rocks and the stumps and just go where you want to go. Snowmobiling is awesome. And if you haven't done it or if you have done it, you want to get a group together, come let us take you out. We'll show you our favorite places in the forest. And we have enough machines to accommodate any size of group. Let's get out and any size of or any base of experience. We can take you places based on your experience. And we have the only permit to guide in our area of the Wasatch Cache National Forest. So we have a permit from the Forest Service to take people out and bring them back and go out and show them a great time. This has turned into kind of a team-building opportunity, too, with corporate uh, trips coming out, groups coming out. Yeah, we do a lot of that with teams. So they bring out their groups, and we take them out. And, you know, what a fun thing to do as an office. You know, this week I took all my staff out for lunch. And guess what our number one topic is? On Tuesday, December 6th, so next Tuesday, three or four days away, we're taking our entire staff out snowmobiling. And we, you know, we're doing what we preach, get out. They're looking forward to it so much to get out there as a group, and we're going snowmobiling. Some of them are going to take the defenders and meet us up at the warming hut for lunch. The rest of us are going to hop on snowmobiles and Cut, take the back country and get through the back trails and get up to the warming hut. I've been with you to that warming hut, and let me tell you, it's a lot like crossing the desert in a, on a camel and seeing water for the first time in days when it's a really cold day out there. But uh, that's a welcome sight on some days anyway when you're up there. Yeah, the warming hut is really neat. It's, it's 
built on Forest Service land. It's maintained by a lot of snowmobile clubs. Uh, they cut firewood. They stock it. There's a wood-burning stove in there. And when you come across that in the winter, it is, like you said, it's like going through the desert and finding water. But it's so nice to get in there and build a fire and hunker down for a few minutes and eat some lunch. And But get back on your snowmobile and go ride again. Before we wrap up, you said something a minute ago I want to go back to because I hadn't really thought of it. But when you explained it the way you did that you can go places on snowmobiles that you just can't on a wheeled vehicle. And the other thing is, if you do it the right way, you're actually doing a lot less or having less impact on the environment uh, than out there on any wheeled machine, which is nice. Right. You know, snow machines are above above ground. They, we don't disturb anything. You know, once in a while we'll have a renter hit a tree, but that happens. But, you know, going across the top of the snow, that you're doing no damage. And... It's, it's an awesome way to get out and explore the world. And if you're dressed properly, which we have all the gear, we have the snow boots, the gloves, the snow suits, the helmets, the avalanche beacons, the probes, the shovels, we have all the gear you'll need. And if you do it with, you know, like your your fishing buddy says, it's the right having the right gear makes all the experience and, you know, no bad weather, bad gear. Yep. But uh, it's awesome to get out there. It is uh, the uh, cabins at Bear River Lodge. You'll find them online, of course. Also, Tracks Power Sports. Give them both of those URLs if you can. BearRiverLodge.com. You can see everything we do and all the new cabins. And Tracks, T-R-A-X, TracksPowerSports.com. All right, Roger. Have a great week. Have fun out there. You too, and stay warm. And, uh, you know, it's Friday, so go Utes tonight, huh? <laughs> yeah. We should know by people uh, by the time pe- – well, we will know by the time people are listening to this on Saturday morning what's happened. Will it be Rose Bowl or Alamo Bowl? A little bit of a difference there. Stay with us. Uh, coming up in just a minute, we'll get Fish Bites next here as KSL Outdoors Radio continues here for another Saturday morning. Thanks for being with us. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. was a fisherman. He loved his cars and his steel guitars. All right, when I say, uh, what do you got on your fish bites today? You say, mm, not good news. What's going on? Well, first off, um, you know, people who don't know me think I'm just full of crap. I've learned that. They just understand that I say it as it is. <laughs> yeah. um, but I just sound unbelievable. But honestly, it's just my approach. I have Asperger's, and so I just say things the way they are. But I'm never lying, and I really mean it. And when people accuse me of lying, 
it makes me sad because I wouldn't do that. It's just not part of my nature. But, look, I took my people down. We said last week, if you were listening, we were going to Minersville, that I was excited. It's the great time of year to go. Well, I didn't do enough research because a number of things hit us, and it was a calamity of errors, and we got skunked. Okay, so did we catch none? No, we caught six. But I had 22 students with me. Ooh, That's wow. not able to count as one, frankly. Yeah. If everybody didn't get one, then we got skunked, and we did get skunked, including me. Big Fish and I never even had – well, Fish had a, Big Fish had a strike. I didn't even have a strike. So what turned out to be the case, first off, the water was so low that it was muddy. And I went, what? This is turned over, which is a phenomenon that happens twice a year, once in the spring, once in the fall. When the surface temperature becomes colder than the bottom temperature, there's a switch, and the bottom water becomes the top water. And what that does is it destroys the stratification of the depth. So at every five feet, these inclines, temperature changes, and the fish congregate at the same depth. That's why we have great success. But when you have universally same temperature from top to bottom, the fish are not close enough together for them to get any numbers. That's one problem that happened. The other was it was just too low. And so back in August, they put a catch and kill policy on Minersville because I don't pay attention to beaver politics, frankly. I didn't know that the people have been taking them all home since August, so there essentially is no fish. Mm. The water was too shallow. The water was turned over, and the numbers were significantly lower. And unfortunately for my students, we did very poorly. Now, we had a blast. Breakfast was a blast. I'm telling you right now, I had a blast. But I do feel awful about it. And, yes, I got skunked. And people say, do you get skunked often? I've been skunked seven times in 30 years. Now, people, right now, that's one of those statements that people say he's so audacious. He's just arrogant. No, I, I count. I'm a counter. I'm, I have Asperger's. People tell me how many days skiing. I got 56 last year. I'm going to get 80 this year. When I say I haven't been skunked more than seven times, that's a truth. This was number seven. And every one of them, I might add, is in a lake. Because if you're going to get skunked, it's going to be a lake. You don't get skunked in a river. It's impossible if you know what you're doing because the fish are there. But where are they in the lake? Sometimes you can't find them, and that happened to us. And I just feel awful. And I've got another trip. People say, you don't have to do this. You know, make up a, make up a trip because we didn't catch fish. Yes, I do because I can't live with myself and my people don't catch fish. So we got another trip coming, and it was a trip I was taking personally. It was a private trip for me and my boys and my wife, but now they're all coming. So I got 22 pals coming with me on this private trip. Nice. not going to tell you where it is, but we're going to do it again when the ice comes off in the spring, and it won't be Minersville. All right. So was any of this because the weather turned cold quickly, or is no. it? Okay. In fact, that was to our advantage. The temperatures that we were facing, which is a snap and then a warm-up, couldn't have been better. That's ideal. A rising barometer after a falling barometer is the best time to fish. So the fish have been, you know, starving a bit during that falling barometer, and now that the temperatures are going up again, they kind of gorge themselves, and it's really good. I thought we were going to kill them. If you remember how optimistic I was last week, if you listened to the show, I thought we were going to do exceedingly well. And the opposite occurred. Hmm. All right. Um, well, I appreciate uh, the candid a- answer there. <laughs> Candor, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I can vouch for the fact, and I'm one of those people. You, I, We've had this conversation. I'm one of those people when you were telling stories about, ah, we catch 122 fish. And we say, well, that's he's a fisherman. <laughs> what do you expect? Right. He's just telling his best version of the story. But uh, the guy never lies. I, right. Yeah. So, anyway. 
Not not that I, you know, hang around yeah, with I other know. people that do. But anyway, uh, hang on. we got to take a break. We've got a news update at the top of the hour. On the other side, I never did run down what's coming up on the show today, did I? Faith Jolly uh, will join us talking about wildlife encounters. When you um, report them, when you don't, when do you need to report wildlife encounters? That conversation will start hour number two, and then we hope to do some road tripping with the boys today. Bob Grove let me know he's going to be at the Gold Butte National Monument and maybe out of cell range, but has a satellite phone, so we'll keep our fingers crossed. Stay with us. Hour number two is coming up. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.